A week in advance, as a matter of fact. And uh, as you probably already know, Thursday is that night of the week when I try to push the tempo and lighten things up a little for my beautiful listening audience out there. But last night was one of them shows that had me emotional at different intervals of the broadcast. Real talk. For those that missed it, last night was a show devoted to trying to assist those kings that find themselves in trouble. Prone to committing crimes through no fault of their own, in my opinion. Becoming arrested, tried, convicted, and incarcerated, and working to construct methodologies that can assist them in reclaiming their lives once they get on the outside. It was powerful. Last night, I received more after-show messages than any show since I arrived here at KVLA in June of 2021. Crazy. It was easily one of the best broadcasts I've been blessed to be a part of, and I believe God was in the studio last night. That's why I got home last night, isolated myself, and thanked God for using this show as a vehicle to transform the lives of so many people listening. And I want to formally thank each and every last one of you for not only blowing up my phones with heartfelt, constructive, and most importantly, empathetic dialogue, but I also want to send a message to those couple kings that reached out to thank me for the info. Because let me officially say again, with all my heart, I don't deserve any credit for the content that comes out of this show. None. The Danny Mo Show is a gift from God for me. Robin Ayers is a gift to all of us as well. So if you want to thank anyone, feel free to send those thank yous to the man upstairs because none of this happens without his goodness and his grace. He actually entrusted my sinful self to come down here to Los Angeles to do his work, and he demands that I impact my listening audience with him steering the ship because I've shown him for the majority of my life that I don't know how to drive. So let last night be the next step for all of us in using this platform to fortify the lives of troubled kings and queens that are not only looking for answers, but are also looking for a little help. And I'll do my best to facilitate the conversations, God willing, because I understand the assignment. So considering we've been on a strong theme of working to rescue the young kings in our troubled community, I figure we might as well finish out the week with one more topic that runs in concert with what we've already discussed. You know, this is another one of those topics where I'm probably going to have to work to keep my emotions in check because it's a topic near and dear to my heart. I will try to do my best throughout the broadcast because newsflash, Los Angeles County has a gang problem. And here's another newsflash. Gang members are still God's children, no matter what you think. Yeah, you heard me. Now, I know the mere existence of the gang culture is anathema to pretty much anyone who references it, but I don't believe people really know just how damaging that lifestyle actually is. You have no idea what a lot of these cats go through. Not only is it aesthetically harmful to an already dilapidated neighborhood and psychologically detrimental to young people immersed within the culture, it's also economically damaging to the respective community as a whole. Now, full disclosure, I'm one of those cats that has made it his life's purpose to do all I can to assist those kings. Why? 
because all we do is look down our noses at our sons, grandsons, uncles, cousins, fathers, grandfathers, and others that may have drifted in the wrong direction, and a lot of the reasoning is through no fault of their own. It's not entirely their fault, remember? But what I've tried to do is help them in whatever way I am capable of. You see, I don't claim to have all the answers to find solutions to gang violence or even claim to have ever been a gang member myself. And just because I grew up in a neighborhood rife with gang members doesn't make me some kind of expert or authority on their lifestyle. But I still work to help them in whatever way I can from the outside looking in to try to formulate tangible solutions for those that may want to exit that lifestyle. Because whether you choose to believe it or not, there are some I heard from one last night. And for those that don't want to change, I believe my job has always been to make sure once they find themselves in some sort of legal trouble, the scales of justice are always balanced in a way that treats them fairly regardless of what color they are, what color they wear, and what neighborhood they may hail from. Because even if they are unfortunately placed on lockdown and at some point they will eventually exit that correctional institution and may imagine a more positive lifestyle. My prayer has always been to try and show these cats that lend me their ear that God will always light a path for them and they will, if they will just allow the illumination to come in. My team and I have tried to do our part by holding seminars in prisons, making ourselves available to misguided youth via mentoring and by also crafting high-quality social media content to inspire as many of the black youth that we possibly can even offering up real-life solutions on what to do once they return to the neighborhood. Has it made a difference? Yeah. Do we still have a lot of work to do? Absolutely. But I will always do all I can to be an ally and advocate for anyone that wants to change their life. And if I don't have a resource available in my circle, you can bet your bottom dollar that I will do all I can to find someone who does. That is my word to them and any of them that are listening right now. You see, some of my loyal listeners send me content of violent activity taking place all over Los Angeles, seemingly every week in my DMs. Some of you send it to keep me informed because you hear me discuss these topics on my show from time to time. For that, I'm appreciative somewhat. Others have sent me content telling me that I am wasting my time, that is a quote, trying to reach a segment of the black community that has no interest in being quote-unquote saved. But as you might recall, we talked all yesterday about how some of us African Americans have fallen down a dark path and deserve to be observed through a different kind of lens, yo. I'm willing to bet that, like a lot of you, when the majority of Los Angeles residents see media reports involving incidents of gang violence, they give the same irreverent reaction heard all around the country. Another gang shooting. Good. Not my problem. Hopefully they eventually all kill each other off. Or, we are here shouting Black Lives Matter when we constantly kill each other in our own neighborhoods. Ignorance is bliss. And that's not how it works. At least not with these kings. So it's time for another Danny Mo Show exercise tonight. Are you ready to jump into the gauntlet with your boy again tonight? Listen. You may not think that you're involved when one of us sadly commits violence against one another, but you are sadly mistaken. And tonight, 
I'm here to show you how. Observe. From the moment a gang member gets shot in L.A. County, a binary monetary timeline immediately starts to materialize. One timeline consists of he or she getting shot and critically injured. The alternate timeline consists of he or she becoming a homicide victim. Both developments require accessing the community's tax coffers in order to remedy the problem. Are you under the impression that you aren't personally affected by gang violence? You're probably saying that right now. I ain't gonna buy me my family. Really. Allow me to diagram just how much you actually are, once again, using our uh, Terrence as our imaginary subject. Let's hypothetically say that Terrence gets into an altercation with a rival gang member in downtown Los Angeles. Shots fired. Terrence goes down. But Terrence is still breathing. His gang-affiliated adversaries run from the scene. Innocent bystanders scatter. You may not be aware, but the moment the bullet leaves the gun, the calculator for the city of Los Angeles starts tabulating. Tinseltown officially becomes on the clock. Law enforcement is called to secure the crime scene. A police car chase ensues in an effort to catch the perpetrators. CSI arrives and starts collecting and documenting physical evidence. The DA shows up to see if search warrants are needed. A detective arrives on site to interview all the witnesses. Terrence, suffering from multiple gunshot wounds, is quickly transported to a local hospital by ambulance. Terrence immediately undergoes surgery using orthopedic, vascular, and plastic surgeons on occasion. Terrence lives. However, Terrence will be in the hospital for the next few weeks for additional treatment, and he'll need aggressive physical therapy once he's medically cleared for release. But Danny, what if Terrence dies? Well, let me tell you. At the crime scene, a medical examiner will need to show up in order to determine the cause of death. Specialists may be called out for expert analysis as well. If the rival gang members get away, tremendous resources may be allocated toward finding the shooter. The next 48 hours are crucial. You've seen the TV show. If caught, they'll be charged with murder or attempted murder, solely depending on the status of Terrence. They would then be booked expeditiously and legal counsel would be appointed. The accused will spend months behind bars charging taxpayers $220 a day and an average of about $81,000 a year to incarcerate an inmate in prison in California. And over three quarters of these costs are for security and inmate health care. So do you see, from the initial point of confrontation in downtown Los Angeles to the offender's verdicts in criminal court, all costs generated belong to L.A. County. All law enforcement dispatched, all legal representation, the ambulance ride, the surgery, the treatment, the therapy, the investigation, the jail stays, the court proceedings. Keep in mind, these young people don't typically have the financial means to cover the exorbitant costs associated with a gang shooting. No medical or life insurance. No money to retain a lawyer, 
no jobs, no education, no future. And I don't mean to get off on a rant here, but L.A. County has exacerbated the problem by stripping all the high schools of all the trade programs and cutting gang prevention funding from several nonprofits in this area. Some of this could have been avoided. If 75% of high schoolers aren't going to college, why in the hell would you irrationally eliminate vocational programs from our campuses? Newsflash! Not everybody is cut for college. In addition, 40% of four-year college students drop out before completing their degree. Therefore, by cutting out all those shop classes, auto shop, metal shop, wood shop, from our schools, we have inadvertently, and some argue intentionally, decimated a large contingent of the skilled workforce, destroying options in the process. The vast majority of young people that don't have scholastic aspirations may still have dreams of pursuing an, an apprenticeship with a local company. We hear from a couple of them, we heard them last night. And in my opinion, this error in judgment can be directly connected to the dropout rate and in some cases, the crime rate. So you see, once again, it's our fault. Shame on us. But I digress. Back on topic. Therefore, every expenditure associated with this shooting is deducted from the community capital, directly from Uncle Sam, from you. And that's not even taking into account the residual effects of an incident such as this one. You think that's it? Uh-uh. Check this out. Due to the lingering fears of gang activity, foot traffic slows to a crawl at the point where the shooting took place. Sales suffer. Surrounding businesses invest in stronger security measures. Young onlookers miss school due to being traumatized by seeing a man shot in person. Parents may even miss work due to having to comfort their children still reeling from the tragic event. It's a snowball effect in real time with the potential to last longer than you may even assume. So now that you know how this all works, let me offer us all some sound advice, okay? The next time you're watching a news report on another gang shooting or feel like nonchalantly sending me violent images into my DMs just for kicks, Perhaps you'll stop and think before uh, supposing that it is not your problem. It's on all of us, especially the black community. We African-Americans are disproportionately impacted by gun violence. We experience 10 times the gun homicides and 18 times the gun assault injuries of white people. Every day in America, 30 of us get killed by guns and more than 110 of us get shot overall. And the trends are worsening in the big cities, too, where we make up 68% of homicide victims. If you don't think this is your problem, you're wrong. This is all of our problem. And we all have to work together to help these cats locate the light at the end of the tunnel. And contrary to popular belief, many of these kings actually do locate that light with little help. Think of kidding? As usual, I brought receipts. Some of them can even help in changing the world. Just like Darian Cockrell in Missouri, a king that went from gang member to teacher of the year. News Nation was on the case. Listen. Man. 
Prison sure has made you stupid. Wrong clip, sir. Run that again. Come on. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. I'll show you that clip in a second. <laughs> but y'all can't tell me nothing. Not when God is and always will be in the miracle business. It just takes for all of us to decide if we want to patronize God's business. The doors are always open, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I pray that we all soon see. But that's just me. Tell me what you think, LA. Huh? What is your overall interpretation of the gang violence in the city? Not just Los Angeles, whatever city you reside in. Are you like me, empathetic of these kings? Are you interested in finding solutions, or do you think it's too far gone? Also, do you also believe, like me, that we are to blame for the vast majority of the violence that takes place within our city? It's not their fault. You've heard me say it ad nauseum. Do you believe that the programs we discussed last night can save the lives of some of these kings within our communities? And lastly, do you believe that someone within that culture can turn their life around? I believe we somewhat proved that you can last night. But are we naive? Is this whole conversation short-sighted? And what specific steps do you think we need to take to assist them in changing their lives if they so choose? Holla at your boy. Your voice is a change. Your voice is the community. Your voice is on 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. You can also stream us via the brand new KBLA streaming app on your app store, iOS or Android. It don't matter. That same app allows you to send me your questions and comments that I will answer live at different intervals throughout the broadcast. Plus, like, share, and follow your favorite radio station live on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KBLA1580. Feel free to follow me at Danny Mo Show on those same platforms too. Plus me and my nighttime partner in crime, Robin Ayers. We'll take your comments via the ecosystem of the social network. Check this out. When we come forward, I will add another seven series to add to the topic of conversation tonight. Look, I gave this list on my first week here at KBLA. And I believe I need to give it again since it fits the theme tonight and since we own that vibe this week. Gun violence may be prevalent in the black community, but I refuse to allow it to become normalized. Some might argue that it already has been, but I rebuke those remarks. I want us to continue trying to identify the problem and come up with viable solutions. But every time a shooting happens, we kings and queens need to look in the mirror. Just because you didn't pull the trigger doesn't mean you're not somewhat culpable. That's what my seven series tonight is. Seven questions we should be asking ourselves after another murder. Sitting on our hands in times of gun violence is no longer allowed. And it's time we had this conversation amongst ourselves. I'll give us some all real talk. Stay tuned. Add to the conversation with your phone calls when we come forward. Welcome to the Danny Morrison Show. Unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Let's ride. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. From middays to nighttime. By George and Wheezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. Danny Morrison Show, KBLA Talk 1580. One of the top 10 disc records of all time. Top 10. We know what number one is. Oh, Andy got top five. I don't know about that. I don't know. Where you got that song? Diss tracks. Uh, t- top ten is good. De- I don't think in the top five. Not top five. Yeah. Uh, Andy thinks top five. Ooh. I don't know. We all know what number one is, don't we? Oh, of course, hit him up is number. Oh my god. 
no Vaseline's out there. But man, first time I heard, hit, hit him, him up. up. You know, you get the scrunch face like, did he just say? Aquaman in on that one. Uh, check it out, y'all. We're having a serious conversation about gang violence within our communities and about extending an olive branch to anyone that is looking to turn their lives around. You know, for the record, you know, this conversation isn't exclusive to one group of people. There are a number of people in Los Angeles that may find themselves in a situation where they believe that violence is a viable option. I'm here to formally ask them tonight for grace. Somebody listening right now. A couple cats in my DMs, you know, like dancing around whether or not they are apt to commit violence, you know, dancing around it. I'm asking them and anybody else listening right now to use alternative methods to solve a problem, please. De-escalate the situation. Asking for them to put the guns down so that we can all come together and fight the real enemy, which just so happens to be the faction of people in this country who, who look to do us harm every day. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know who I'm talking about. For example, I remember last year, it was like August. I posted an article on our socials sometime. It was called uh, Black Californians are the number one target of hate crimes. Black Californians are the number one target of hate crimes. Wow. Yeah. The article stated that, quote, hate crimes, hate crime incidents in California shot up by 31% in 2020, the highest since 2008. And according to the state attorney general's annual report, this surge can be attributed to a massive spike in anti-black hate crimes in major California cities. It will go on to state that, quote, last year, black people accounted for six and a half percent of California's population. But we were the targets of 30 percent of total hate crimes. An 87 percent jump. So knowing this information, how the hell we got the nerve to kill one another? I don't get it. There's power in numbers and we all need an all hands on deck approach moving forward. And we got to stop doing their work for them by gunning each other down. And they love it. They smile every single time it happens. I want you to think about the look on the face of somebody in middle America seeing us kill each other on a regular basis, rocking a MAGA hat that night. Oh, they love it. We're doing exactly what they want us to do. But how does this happen? Huh? Do you ever wonder how a young, impressionable adolescent king transforms into a gunman? How does that happen? I'm going to tell you how. For those unaware on how these things tend to happen within our African-American neighborhoods, it's called the cycle. You guys ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? Hmm. It's, it's called the cycle, and it happens a lot. It's very prevalent in our communities, right? And let's use Terrence again. Okay? So mom and dad didn't work out. And a lot of our relationships or marriages don't work out. Some dads are cowards and run away from their paternal responsibilities to little Terrence, you know, after the breakup. They bounce, start a new life, get a woman or women, and put those women ahead of his child. And so mom's got to work multiple jobs just to keep food on the table and the lights on. Child support is some, but she's still got to work hard to keep things balanced. So that makes Terrence a latchkey kid, and he is home alone until probably 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, every single day. All day, every day, he looks out his window and imagines his dad walking up that driveway to save him. 
Mom gets home daily and she's tired, exhausted, man. From being on the grind, you know? It's like keys, cook, couch, crash, gone, out. So Terrence, a lot of the time, gets minimal help with homework and no help with life work. So Terrence is starting to act out. He's not a bad kid, like we said last night. He's an abandoned kid. So now, you know, he starts getting suspended from school occasionally. He doesn't like school because he doesn't know the work. And he acts out intentionally because it's embarrassing to be the only one in class that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So mom gets called from work to come to school to see about her, quote unquote, bad child. And mom is mad as hell. And starts taking her frustrations out on who? Terrence. She's been handed an unfair situation being a single parent to a frustrated and failing male child and still works full time and never has a social life of her own. All while dad does absolutely nothing. So what happens then? Terrence eventually drops out of school. Terrence eventually gets kicked out the house. Terrence commits crimes. Terrence joins the gang and commits more crimes. Terrence eventually goes to jail or loses his life, and it's not his fault. Every single black person listening to me right now knows a story just like that. It's not his fault. It's our fault. That's the cycle. That's the issue. That's the reality. So tonight, what I want to do is I want us to talk as a community what we can do to save young kings like Terrence. Because Terrence needs help. He does. What do you think of that, Robin? You're right. Uh, it's interesting because as you are talking, my story, my Terrence is playing in, in my mind. You know, mm. And I'm like, that's exactly what happens. Um, so you, you hit the nail on the head, and I agree that I'm sure every single black person especially can relate and they have their own parents in their life. Mm. Um, it's just so unfortunate. But, you know, we've got some some uh, ideas and, and we've been talking about them this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how we can start to make an impact in the community and save the Terrences of the world. You should see the the cross pollination that's going on in my inbox right now yeah, after the conversations awesome. we've had this week. That's amazing. I'm like, wow, OK, mm-hmm. we we. We could do something. Yeah. We we can't save the world, but we could save a bunch. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I mean, ooh. It could happen. How we doing on time, Andy? I tell you what, can we blaze up that clip? You got to boot it up? All right, check this out. There is a gentleman in Missouri that was a gang member himself, okay? And he is now Teacher of the Year in the entire state. Listen. Congratulations to Darion Cockrell, named Missouri's 2021 Teacher of the Year, an accomplishment of a lifetime, but that's not always what he dreamed of being. I always wanted to be a Power Ranger. It was the first thing I ever remember wanted to be. But he is a superhero of sorts to his more than 400 PE students at Lindbergh's Crestwood Elementary. They worked out, they did karate, but they always wanted to help people. With a nickname of Mr. D.C., he would blend right in with that gang these days. That was, I mean, even to this day, I still can't believe that I won this award. But that's far from where his life started. I joined a gang before I was 10 years old. Six dudes, 87, kitchen crib, gangster. 
That was normal life for me. I was going down the wrong path. But after being sent to a boy's home and meeting some instrumental mentors that recognized his knack for sports, his drive and ambition, he took a different path that would eventually have him shaking hands with the governor and embracing the families whose lives he's impacted. I'm happy as a black man that I won this award because coming from where I came from, things like that don't normally happen. And I'm glad that I can make other African-American males look good and just be a positive role model for all people across, you know, not even the state of Missouri, but this country. Mentoring. Not just Y'all see what I'm saying? You can't give up on these kings out there. I know it's easy. It's easy to turn a blind eye. It's easy to plug your ears because we hear it all the time. We can't do it, though. You can't save them all. But I think we can save as many as possible it can be done and if we save one ten a hundred i believe those cats will have a bigger impact in the community than we ever could because i've been told straight to my face like i told you guys we do uh, positive social media projects with people back in my hometown mm. anti-violence projects socially conscious projects i've had gang members tell me to my face man these cats ain't listening to you mm. and i go I know that, but I'm not talking to you. Yeah. I'm talking to that young buck right there. That's right. That's who I'm talking to. I'm trying to get him young. Yeah. And, you know, uh, even if people seem to not be listening, sometimes what you're saying is really just a seed planted. Mm -hmm. You know, that uh, at some point, maybe it's not up to you to plant the seed and water it, but someone else will come along and water that seed. But, mm. you know, so I, I've heard of that many, many times where they, they, they seem like they're tuning you out. They don't care about what you're saying, but you're doing the work and you are planting the seeds. Mm. So uh, hopefully that will bear some fruit in the future. I'm hoping so. Yeah. I hope it's one of those situations. And thank you for saying that. I'm mm -hmm. hoping that it's one of those situations where, you know, how they say you could take the boy out to church, but you can't take the church yeah, out the boy. Yeah, yeah. And my mother also says, like, almost all of us leave the church at some point. Right? Mm -hmm. You turn 18, 90, you say, I ain't got to go to church every Sunday. Now I'm too. I'm out. <laughs> you tripping. I can watch football now, mama. <laughs> Take naps on Sunday. Yep. And then and then what happens? You you live a little bit of life and you realize, you like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Let me go back and find my daddy. You let, go me go back, <laughs> let me go back and find my daddy. Without this, him. Yeah, I can't do this by myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. There's the line. Mm -hmm. I can't do this by myself. Yeah. And these cats out here can't do it by themselves either. Mm -hmm. But they have been told their entire lives that they are nothing. They've been told all the time. You're nothing. Yep. You ain't going to amount to nothing. You ain't going to be nothing. You ain't nothing. Directly or indirectly. It's the language that's been used around them. Um, subliminal messages, they, they receive it all. Because mm -hmm. like I just said, they're all seeds that are being planted. So in the mind, if you're talking to a, a, a young male, especially, you know, and, and let's be clear, this affects both men and women, Absolutely. Young, ma young males as well as young females. And so, um, but they're all seeds, you know, they're all just tiny little seeds that, um, that they start watering they start watering and then their environment starts watering that seed that the teacher may have said that's a bad child or mm. whatever. And um, and then and then that's what we see. Ultimately, ultimately, what we're seeing in the streets and what we see in the gang life and all of that is a result of a seed that's been planted mm. and watered. Mm. That's what we're seeing. Well said. Either good or bad. Good or bad. That's right. Andy, you're going to say something? Yeah, I wanted to pose a question. Please, please. Um, what about that young individual who 
grew up privileged by having both parents in the household. Um, the parents, you could say, are doing well for themselves. They live in a home, right? Uh, but still gets involved in the streets. That's why you got to pay attention to who your kids hang out with. Robin and I have talked about it on the broadcast before. Okay. They say the number one determining factor on what direction your kids are going to go in are the company that they keep. So I don't care how much money y'all got in that household. But if your kids are hanging around with the wrong seeds. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Let me let me speak to that as well. You could have a great, you could be providing a great life for your child and it means nothing. Correct. You have to be involved and you have to be engaged with your kid. Mm-hmm. You have to talk to your kids, communicate with your kids, find out what they like, try to try to get on the same page as your kid. So we think that, you know, your parents are pulling in uh, six figures, multi-six figure incomes, living the good life, driving nice cars, driving, you know, living in a nice home in a nice neighborhood. And we think that your kid is just going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. It don't work like that. Nope. How many rich kids are in rehab facilities all throughout California? Yeah. Real talk. How many? All over. How many celebrity children do we see in rehab centers all over the That's city? exactly right. That's exactly right. And it does. So that doesn't mean anything. And, um, you know, hopefully we're talking to some of those as well. Not 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 all these quote unquote. Um, I, I, they don't, I don't believe that these kids are bad, but I'm just saying that's what they've been told. So not all these bad kids are from um, underserved communities either. Mm-hmm. Some of them are in in, you know well-to-do neighborhoods i want to talk about the term bad kid when mm-hmm. we come when we come forward mm-hmm. i hate that uh, term i hate it too I hate and that's, that term. i'm gonna tell you why i'm sure you'll tell me why you hate it too mm-hmm. 1-800-920-1580 1-800-920-1580 it's the danny morrison show on kbla talk 1580 we've got a lot to talk about from bakersfield to los angeles by george and wheezy danny morrison is moving on up at kbla talk 1580 you're listening to the Danny Morrison Show exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. You're also listening to Robin Ayers inside the Raw Report. She was in the middle of a story telling us how she lost her brother to gang culture. Please continue. And Danny, if you have any questions whatsoever, um, feel free to ask while I'm telling this story or anything in this Rob Report because sometimes I might not catch it all. And if you have a question no, that no, no. you feel like it's going to help. story and then I'll come with Yeah, 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 definitely. Um... So, like I said, he was on the up and up. He was doing his thing. He had gotten married. He was living a family life. And he uh, wound up talking to uh, – it's it's unclear if he knew these guys. But he was uh, hanging out with some guys. There were four brothers and, like, a friend Mm -hmm. at their house, at their parents' house. A mom and a dad both Mm. lived in the home. So you have four brothers and a friend, and they're all hanging out on the front uh, front porch, and they're drinking and all of this stuff. And then my brother, having grown up with some sort of, uh, like, alcohol addictions, all it takes is drink one time. And then, you know, you start drinking more, and then, you know, Mm kind of cave in. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened, and they're all drinking. And something happened. Something turned. Someone says something the wrong way or somebody says something that the other got offended at. You know, it's, it's always something very small when you're yep. drinking like that. It doesn't take much. And, um, you know, it's like my brother never turned down a fight. He That's one thing he was excellent at, like, you know. And so he knew that. He knew it, so he mm-hmm. never turned down a fight. He had, he had hands. Well, um, they decided, they were like, well, we're not going to fight in front of our parents' house. Let's go down down the street to like a little intersection. It was a little residential uh, area. And uh, all, 
all four of the the brothers and and three of the brothers and one friend started to walk and the youngest brother went back in the house and got a gun. So it was already premeditated, right? That's the moment. That's the moment of truth right there. That's the fork in the road moment where you go, nah, I'm out of here, man. In in two ways. The younger brother, if he would have had the the insight to say this is a life changing moment my life could change and s- multiple people's All lives could lives change, change yeah. in just a split second you made a decision to go back into the house and then walk up the street to meet the rest of them so that and then on my brother's uh on his side of things that moment to say you don't first of all we're not talking about the 80s anymore the 90s where people just used to fight you know what i mean you know how you used to walk around shoulder to shoulder walk in a circle i I wouldn't have thought anything was wrong if they had headed up the street and said let's go you know and Mm -hmm. gotten into a fist fight and whoever won won yeah and then they go back inside and yeah and that's how it would normally have gone back in the day but these days that's what you know you these days Everybody has something. Everybody has access to something. They a ain't weapon. Fist no more. Nobody's fist fighting. Mm. Nobody wants to take an L. That's what we were talking about that mm. before. Nobody ego is is involved. It's easier just to you know prove your manhood and 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 weapon use your your weapon against somebody. It's just easier. Um, but in that moment, he could have. My brother could have made a decision and just been like, Nah, I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm about to go fight four dudes or possibly five. And um, and it's it's just not that serious. And funny enough, I would always tell my brother when he got out of jail, we would be in the best neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and we would be walking down the street and somebody would drive by and he would lock eyes with him and wouldn't turn. You know, you know, that look. Yeah, that's but this is gang life. This is how how it is in gangs and street life. You don't you stare somebody down because they staring at you. And I'm telling him. You don't got to do that out here. We're good. Like, you know. That happens at intersections here in Los Angeles sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It'll happen in, in L.A. a lot. So that's, this is what he knew. And, again, it's that institutionalized mindset, you know. Like, you can't get out of it. You can't shake that life. No one had taught him from every time he got out of jail, he never had gotten into a program. He was never introduced to any mentors or a man who was going to show him the right way. That never happened. Mm. So... He didn't have anything else to fall back on other than what he knew. And that's the unfortunate part. So I would always try to tell him, you don't have to do what you think you have to do. I found it interesting. You used that line. You said he never backed down from a fight. Mm. Like no one ever showed him how to de-escalate a situation. Right. He was just that dude, you know, hey, don't mess with me. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be messed, man. To trust me, man. We gonna, Let's go. There has to be a moment to where a man... Uh, surveys the entire situation and goes, is this in my odds to win a fight in this situation? Mm-hmm. And if he's walking down the street with four cats, he's got to know you're going to lose this one. No, but or the interesting, lose your life. interesting thing enough. Um, Critical thinking in that Well, and you know what? Two things. I think that he had the wherewithal to, if he was not drinking, if, if, if it weren't for him just sipping on that alcohol, he would have had the 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 insight to be like, okay, I could I could walk from because he had matured. Remember, he right. had he kind of left that life alone, but he started drinking, and you know that that would instantly make you revert back to your old your old ways. And um, but the other thing is, he actually won every single one of those. He knocked all of these dudes out, and that's why the young guy pulled out the gun and shot him. And that's another side. If he had lost, would he still be alive? 
the fist he fight. Prob- he probably, He'd probably would. still be alive. He probably would be alive. No, we talked about the other night. If I, if I or anybody got into a fight with some guy that you barely know, you know, parking lot at a liquor store, who knows? Mm-hmm. And you win, it ain't over. That's exactly we we talked about that. It ain't over. And if you're the young dude, if you're the younger brother, and you're like, I saw what you just did to my other brothers and this and and our friend, um, what you gonna do to me? He's gonna take the he's gonna take the the easier route and shoot him. Mm. You know, so uh, shot him multiple times, and it was one uh, one shot that was just detrimental and ended his life. You know, so it was heartbreaking heartbreaking of course because you know that it didn't have to go down like that so um, is, your, is your brother alive if alcohol isn't involved you think what was that, Say that? It, would your brother be alive if no alcohol was involved uh i'd like to think yeah i'd like to think that yes that that would be the case um just because like i said he had ch- again he changed his life and then he was smarter he was thinking wiser he was older 34 years old at that mm-hmm. time and tired tired mm. but you know alcohol is alcohol is a thing especially when you have a, an addiction to it liquid courage yep it's interesting because it would be interesting to see uh, what percentage of guys lost their life in a fight or any confrontation and there was substance abuse involved mm-hmm. i bet that number is high yeah and it's so messed up because uh you know we had to i think it was a year or so later, um, it, it felt like I'll say that it felt like a year where uh, we finally th- th- were told, you know, from the detectives who it was and, you know, that they had figured it all out. We didn't know they weren't they weren't informing us along the way. So it was like, you know, we were um, being impatient and all that. But they finally told us we had the um, the guy had the trial. And so that's when we heard the entire story because the mm. brothers had taken the stand, the you know the friend had taken the stand. We, so we were able to put all the pieces together. But were they brought up on any charges? Um, one of the guys was in jail, so they had to get him. I think he wound up testifying against okay. the younger the younger brother. And I don't know if it was a brother that testified against him or the friend. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know about any other charges though. That's a good question. Um, what I decided to do while we were in court was stand up and give it a, a statement, a victim statement, if that's what you call it. Yeah. And um, I forgave him. You are I such a beautiful him. person, I swear. I appreciate that. But I feel like w- what I've heard was so many people who go, I mean, he, this guy got life. He got, he got life in prison with, mm-hmm. without the possibility of parole. And, he would have, had he not heard from me, he would not have had any uh, opportunity to release that that guilt that I'm sure, you know, I'm sure in his right mind he felt guilty. You know, you take someone's life, I'm sure there's guilt there. I would right? hope. Yeah, especially with that guy having not having done anything wrong per se to you. I'm sure there's some guilt there. But he, um, I, I just felt like, first of all, maybe that's what my brother would have wanted me to do. I felt like... He just he we needed to extend it some grace to him. Oh. He needed he needed to be extended grace too, and it, it lifted a weight off of my shoulder. To be honest with you, I want you to hold that thought. I want to talk about grace with you. Let's go to the phones real fast because yeah. I, I don't know if I had that kind of grace. Mm. And I want to I want to talk about that. Pamela, let's get Pamela on the phone. Pamela, give me your height, your color, and your hood, Queen. Hi, Danny. I talked to you guys last night. I was just listening. To the young lady, um, 
that's beautiful. That's a tough situation. Yeah. It really is. For real. Yeah. And I'm so sorry for your loss. I lost an only brother. So I could definitely uh, relate. And uh, I have my youngest son in prison now for murder. And it's a very, very tough situation. I always ask God that one day I can face this man's brother, you know? Mm. And... Um, Gosh, just listening to that kind of took my focus way somewhere else. I just got lost for a minute because I was wanting to talk about the games and, you know, a lot of things that um, I brought to the table many, many years ago when my son was in campers, that we need a million mentors. The day of the Million Man March, I called the radio station and said, we need a million men. Mm. My children wasn't at risk then. They were babies, but in in reality, they were, you know. Mm. And I wanted to say this, by one man's sin, many will fall. And by one man's righteousness, many are saved. Mm. And that's scripture. And um, I'm, I'm lost now because I'm so, um, I was just listening to her. And um, that's a lot of strength to forgive, you know, because we have to. Mm. And I just hope that this young man who finds it in his heart say, I forgive you because he's a brother just like my bro- my son. That's right. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a very hurtful situation. It took me forever to talk about it, you know? Mm. Pam- and um, Pamela, can I ask you, I can I ask you real fast, because I, I was talking to Robin about the same thing. I consider myself to be a man of faith. Uh, I'm a, I yes. consider myself to be a man of God, but in that situation, I ain't gonna sit there and lie. It'd be tough to extend that kid, that cat grace. It'd be tough. Have you done the same well, thing? You know, well, you gotta look at. Hello. And Black America is the most saddest thing to me on the planet, where lives are wasted and uh, human experience just withers away because. That's something that Dr. King once said, and um, I see it every day, and it's it's very hurtful. You know, um, I saw it when my children were small, and I I'm just I'm just stunned right now that I I could understand how this lady feels. What is her name? Robin. Yeah. Yeah, it's Robin. Yeah, Robin, and you know. Uh, it's beautiful because we have to forgive. We have to come on that common ground. We're all suffering in the same situation. That's true. And we're all victims. We're all victims. The young man that died is a victim. My son is a victim. You know, I'm a victim. Just hurting, you know. Mm. And um, we have to come with that common ground to connect the dots, to sit at the big table to make things happen for our children because I feel like if a mother is having a problem with a child, we need to catch the child before they go to prison, before they go to prison, you know? And that's been my thing for many, many years. And um, Robin and I have talked about how there is a a point in time with a young African-American male. 8 to 11 is probably that time. That's about the amount of time that you can change his life in some kind of way through mentoring or strong discipline or relocation or whatever. Eight to 11 is probably it. Once you get to 12 and 13 and 14, 
and he's setting his ways, already hanging around with the wrong crowd, already talking back to his mama, already hanging around with like maybe even gang members, it's going to be tough to drag that cat back in. So from 8 to 11 is probably that point in time where you got to really do something aggressive. And, you know, Danny, you said the magic word because I remember when my oldest son was in prison and mentally I'm just really bouncing back from a lot of things that I've been through. And um, children would be hanging outside, and I tell my son to come in, and he's like, yeah, Mama, they could stay outside. Why can't I? And I would always say, golly, God, if the mamas would be mamas, you know, and it's time to come in when the streetlights come on. Come on now, mm-hmm. you know, but it makes it hard for a child that, that is trying to don't know which way to go. And I I put a lot of blame on myself for not really, I'm not going to say not being there for my children, because I really was in the beginning of their lives. They had a very strong foundation, you know, but unfortunately I failed. I couldn't pick up the phone and call daddy, you know. You can't do that to yourself, though, Queen. You can't do that to yourself. I, I I I know, and my oldest son he tells me that all the time. Mama, you know it's over. Josh is okay. You know he, you count your blessings. He'll be home in ten years. He did a murder. Mama, he should be gone for forty, fifty years. You talked to the DA. You pointed out some things to the DA for the case. You know where they gave him twenty years. You know, and it's really a blessing. And um, it hurts. Yeah, you know, Pamela. I just want to face this young man's brother and just hug him and tell him I'm so sorry, you know. I hope you get that opportunity. Uh, The one thing I was going to say is you have to, um, I I know it sounds cliche to uh, forgive yourself, but you have to come to a point of acceptance. And once you, you, you meet that point of acceptance, life will move you forward. Life will ha- it has a tendency to move us forward, and it's it's not until we um, re- we resist and we get caught up and we don't want to move forward that life will keep you right there, and that's why you continue to experience the pain and the and the hurt and 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 the trauma. But if you come to a point of acceptance, you'll be able to experience these these new feelings of you know what. It's going to be okay, and one day your son is going to come home. So um, I hope that you get that healing that you need, and I'm sorry to hear about your son. Pamela, we got to go, yeah, Queen. I'm very sorry about your brother. Thank we, you. Have Thank a good you. night, Danny. Uh, we you praying well. for you, and, uh, Queen. Okay. Good night because I'm in Houston, and I'm praying for you guys, too. And for Thank you so much. All right, Queen. Thank you so much. <sighs> wow. Mm. News and traffic now. We continue this on the other side. It's the Danny Mo Show. The station you turn to when you had it up to gear with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. Also inside the Raw Report, we're talking about gang culture. She's been impacted personally by losing her brother a number of years ago. She is telling the story, and I wanted to ask her a question. And thank you, Pamela, that queen, for calling from yeah. Houston, Texas. By the way, Houston checking in, Andy. Drop that. Come on. Yay, yay. And I wanted to ask you. I'm not that strong. I don't know if I could look at some Andy Acrees. If somebody took my brother, I don't think I'm strong enough as a man of faith to say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And I like to think that I'm strong in the faith. Mm-hmm. 
please unpack that for me on how that's even possible. Yeah. I'm not even saying that it's easy. Um, and just to a, a slight correction, you are strong enough. Mm. You really are. It's a choice. Mm. You have to decide, you know, um, because your decision is going to either keep you stuck or it's going to help you move forward. So if you choose not to accept and not to extend grace, which you're because there's nothing you could do about bringing your brother back. Right. Yeah. But That's, vengeance is strong on the on the mouths of those that lost someone. Trust me. I understand that. But what I'm saying is go let, let let's 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 simplify this whole thing. Let, let really let's simplify the whole thing. Like, let's look at it. Some guy did something, and Pamela, I want to I want to shout her out again because she said something so 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 important. She said, "We're all victims." Mm-hmm. the The young man who shot my brother is actually a victim, mm-hmm. it, it, in its simplest form. He's a victim of not having someone. Whether he, you know, we we don't know his mother, his father's lives. We don't know the impact that they had on him. We don't know where it went wrong for him to even have a gun and right. and how we don't know, right? But somewhere, somehow, he fell victim. Think about that. Think about the. I'm gonna take my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put my brother uh, to the side for a second. If the young man who killed my brother was my brother, mm. I, I have to look at him and be like, I'm mad that you did that. But if I if I knew your life, I could understand why that happened. That's deep. You have to be able that. That's what that's I'm saying. So deep. You have to be able to. It's, it, I, I, I hate to sound as though it is just so simple. Yeah, you, you're, you're not coming across that way at I, all. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to come off that way and make it sound like I'm, I'm holier than thou and that I've conquered it. But what I'm saying is what I know, what I know for a fact is I know how to simplify things in its most basic form and, and remove emotion mm-hmm. to look at it from a bird's eye view. What happened here? What exactly happened? My brother got killed. I hate that that happened. I hate it. it. It to my that was a part of my soul, right? Mm. My mother lost her son. That's a part of my soul. Mm. That happened though, and there's nothing, literally nothing, we can do about that. Mm. Okay, so we're gonna set that to the side. That's a, that's a pain point, but we'll set that to the side. Now, if you go, you look over to the other side. Some other mom and dad lost their son. Come on. That's a that's everybody is a victim here, and you and so what I feel like. Because this, this is not a unique story. I feel like so many people have lost. So many people who are listening right now can relate to that one. You've lost a, a brother, uh, an uncle, a father, a sister, a cousin. You've, lo- you've lost someone in, in the streets, maybe gang violence or whatever, who refused to move forward, who right. refused to let go. And they're like, I'm mad forever at this person who took my, my relatives live. Right? Well... I get that. I get that as a human being. I get that. Right. But you will. So it's going to show up somehow in your life, not in the way that you think it is. Mm. It's going to show up with your own kids. You're going to the regret, the the angst that you have, the 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 anger that you have. It's going to show up somewhere that you you don't even realize it you're just living your life and not and maybe it happened years ago but it's 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 showing up somehow in your life it can show up in your weight and your health it can show up somewhere else and it's holding you oh my god it is holding you stagnant in your life 
You wonder why people don't excel in life. You wonder why people don't know how to communicate in life, why people get in bad relationships in life. Look somewhere further back where you haven't forgiven, where you haven't extended grace. And then furthermore, how many things have you done? Maybe not murder, but you've done something so wrong, something so low down and dirty that you you wish you messed something up real bad. Maybe it was a relationship. You messed it up. And you're like, if they could only understand I was going through something if they could only just understand I didn't learn the right way if they could only understand and you wish to God that that person would extend some grace to you Mm. so then who are we to not give it back right you 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 have to you have to make a decision is what it is that is so powerful oh my god what does your family think because I, I, one one could look at you from the outside in and go, you know, you're a little too nonchalant about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you as crushed as we are? Did you have any pushback from family members on the way you were reacting from it? Not not at all. You first of all, you should meet my family. <laughs> you know, my family they're they're an extension of me, but they are who I got it from. Mm. My mom. If if I if we had another three hours, I would tell you about my mom. <laughs> um, that woman she's gone through similar things she lost her my my mom and my aunt penny they both lost their brother when um in the same way uh gun violence but it wasn't it wasn't an intentional thing they say it was an accident but they lost their brother is the point she's gone through so much in her life over and over again and i've seen this woman bounce back or 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 move forward and extend grace because if you in in the evidence is looking at her life right now. Yeah, man. That's the evidence. So it's not like I'm just saying this stuff. It sounds good. The evidence, look at it, it's my life. Mm-hmm. You look at my life. Yes. I encourage you to go to at Robin Ayers right now. Follow me yeah. and see the joy. Not 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 the stuff I do. Not the not the pretty pictures. Not not none of that. See the joy that I have in my life. That is evidence mm. that I know how to move my life forward. Mm. That's evidence. That's all you need. You can listen to anybody. You can you can listen to anybody, but you don't you don't you don't don't take anybody's word just at face value. You got to look at the fruit that they bear. Yeah. That's how you really know that what what I'm talking about. I know what I'm saying. Oh, you radiate from the pictures and the videos that you put on your. That's socials. a fact. I That's know that. Real talk. I, I and I know that, and I'm not coming off like I'm not trying to sound like that, but there there's certain things you can't tell me, and and one of them is that I don't that I don't have joy. I have the most joy. Because I, I know I know the, the the secret that God has get God He wants us to forgive He wants us to love He wants us to extend grace so that He can move us forward. It's really about you, Come Danny. On. It's really about you. Come on. So I know it said you, you're you're like it, it. It wouldn't be easy. I know it's not easy. You don't think you don't even think it might be possible to forgive somebody in the worst form ever. They they've done the worst thing ever. You don't think it's possible. But I'm telling you it is, number one. Number two, I strongly encourage you to get to a place. I don't care if you got to meditate, pray, do whatever you can and be like, Lord, this ain't going to be easy. All right. But I have to do it. I have to do it for, to move my life forward and watch what happens. Y'all getting a heaping helping of Robin S tonight. Y'all see why this queen is so impressive, right? Wow. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, I want to ask you about compartmentalization. Because mm-hmm. I mentioned that to you when you go, I'm not compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. I'm giving grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want you to speak to that. Yeah. 
Danny Morrison Show, KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. Danny Morrison Show, KBLA Talk 1580. Rest in peace, King. Uh, We're getting uh, people chiming in on our socials. Alita Lewis said, you don't have any idea how I feel hearing your co-host talking about her brother's story. Please tell her that I am sorry for her loss. My son has been a Boy Scout in Boy Scouts of America. He was in all sports. He got kicked out. All coaches kick him out of all the sports. I had him in Young Marines, and he got kicked out of that. I put him in Deputy Police Auxiliary Service, the DAPS, and they kicked him out of that. I had him go off to Steve Harvey's mentoring camp. He did very well. He played the sport. He's perfect. I had him in track and field. He did very well, but it's the friends he keeps. I've moved so many times until I'm exhausted, if it's not even funny anymore. I have my son on so many church prayer lists. I even fast five times a week so that my son can become a better person. Mm. That is from Lita Lewis. I appreciate you, Gwen. Wow. Thank you, Lita. Wow. It's that's tough. tough. It's that's, tough out here. Yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, and, and I wish I even had more. It's so it's so much easier to, uh, to to look at someone's situation and try to guide them. But if you never if you've never gone through that, I don't have a son and um, or anything like that. But I have two daughters who mm. are 15 years old now, and the only thing that I know um, is I've tried to get on their level as much as possible. I've tried to. They love anime, right? I do not, it's not my thing. Anime is not my thing, but I will try, I'll be like, all right, get, you know, put, put it on the station. It's Let's strange. Go. Yeah, it's, but. yeah, you, but my point is, I'll try for them. I'll read a manga for them. I just try to get on their level so there's some enjoyment in just hanging out with me more than friends, you know? And so. I um, love how you know how to say manga. Yes, manga, right? That's mo- the- Some people say manga. Do they? I've never heard manga. Look at you, manga. Well, my kids, they put me up on game, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> By the way, for those just chiming in and uh, tuning in, we're having a serious conversation about gang violence within our communities and about extending an olive branch to anyone that is looking to turn their lives around. Kind of a low-key episode of the Danny Mo Show tonight. You know, usually you come in here, we got all kind of fireworks and bells and whistles and we giggly and everything. But the week that we've had inside my DMs and inbox and everything, the phone calls that we've had, I wanted to spend this night, which is usually Thursday, and we push the tempo on Thursdays usually, but I said we can't this week. Mm. We can't can't be giggly. With so many people responding to the content that we've put forth this week, I said let's keep the ball rolling. So uh, this is what we are doing tonight. You know what I was thinking about uh, when you were giving your, uh, I, don't, I don't even know, your, your, your experience, mm. your life experience. It is tough. Imagine being a mom. You're a single mom. You have children. You might be in a rough neighborhood. And your son is starting to have trouble. Mm-hmm. But you got to keep the lights on. Dad is gone for whatever reason. And the minute you get home, if you have a kid that's 12, 13, 14 years old, and he is wild right now, where are you going to find that energy to chase him all around the city? Hmm. Where? Yeah. And then there's a, there's, there's, there's a cyclical reaction that's going to happen. If you do start to devote that attention to him, now your job suffers. Hmm. You start paying attention to your son, now you might lose your job. It's almost like you have to choose between a livelihood to feed the son that ain't even listening to you anymore. Mm-hmm. 
or saving your son. And it's unfair. It's so unfair. And, and you know, that's why even um, Lita, who just shared her experience with her son, and thank you so much for sharing that experience. Um, it, that's not easy. That's not easy to talk about um, parenting. That's a, that's a, one of those you know, subjects where you're like, I don't ever want to try to overstep my boundaries and tell someone else about raising. But since she shared, then I think, um, I think it's, it's open for us to kind of, to talk about. But um, I, I so appreciate that because it's not, it's not easy in the programs that they have. It's like, you try, you try to put your kids in these programs, but do we do it early enough? Mm. Do we, did we, put our job or anything else first when they were younger. So then they developed the, these habits, the kids developed these habits and um, sort of traits that sort of grew with them. And then by the time they're 12 and 13 years old, we're like, Oh no, it's out of control. I thought maybe I had my, I thought I had it under control at first, but now I don't, I see, I see where it went wrong. So now I'm going to try to do something about it. Mm -hmm. But now he is sort of who he is. And not to say that he still can't change, but something drastic almost has to happen, you know? And so I applaud her how leave. she's, she's putting him in all these different programs. That's a mom who cares exactly right there. Right. She's doing some, everything possible. Absolutely. There's some, some mothers out there who are like, you know what? He's just going to run the streets. There's nothing I could do about it. He's hanging out with the wrong people. There's nothing I could do about it, but she's trying. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah. So I pray that she, she finds something, um, for, for her son. But I, you again, I have high hopes, right? You always do. I always do. And so what she's done is she's planted some seeds. She's taken is. him around. She's exposed him to some things. So like we talked about with church, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you leave the church. So he might look like he's veering off or yeah. whatever, but he'll recall, you know, as he gets older, he's going to recall those situations and people that he may have spoken to or experiences that he had with different mentors or people in his life. And um, the belief is that he'll be able to, uh, to change his ways and, you know, um, become, you know, the man that she wants him to be. When do you think it's the breaking point for a mother? Now, you have two beautiful daughters, and uh, some might say it's different having daughters than a son. Sure. When is the breaking point? Because we all know a mom or two that has kicked their son out of the house. Mm -hmm. When is that okay? When is the threshold in front of you where you go, enough? Right. Yeah. Uh, Robbie would tell you, kick him out. Uh, early on, he would say, "If 16? you're not, not maybe not 16, just just you know, especially once you become, you know, 17, 18 years old, and you aren't doing what you need to do. Oh, you there's get no, kicked out at yeah, 17, you, 18. Yeah, you're just talking about as a teenager. Yeah, let's okay. say he's 15, 16, and he is dad's not around, and he is just overpowering his mom now. Oh yeah, not listening. He would also he would still say send him away to a like a, a military school or something like so that. So don't kick him out and make him homeless." Right, no. But you got to get him out that house. Yeah, you got to you got to get him out. And then you, we've seen it happen all the time. Look at like Fresh Prince Bel Air. I know, I know, I get it. It's a sitcom, but no, I think that a is series, a great analogy. Yeah, yeah. you got to send them to a parent or a family or not a parent, but a family member away in another state or something like that. And um, maybe that maybe that does the trick. I don't know. I think you have to relocate your son for sure. Yeah, you got to get him out of those surroundings. You yeah. got to get him away from those friends, and you got to let's keep it real. Get him away from his mama. I have a friend who um, she and her husband are they have they are uh, well off. They have a number of children and their oldest son was going through some some um, 
he was being problem problematic, right? And he has some 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 issues and things like that where he he got tall and he got out of hand. All right, and so they were like, "Listen, you are going away to a military school. I don't know if that's what they call it, but some school that's away in a different. Um, I don't even know if it was a different state, but it was somewhere far enough away from mm-hmm. their home. The the kid was angry, right? Of course, you're gonna send me away. Kid was mad. He wouldn't talk to his mom for a while. But guess what? He was there for a minute. He wound up coming to some realizations about some things, understood that he was he was the one who was being reckless, came back to his mom. I'm so sorry for everything wow. I've done. I'm so sorry. I know now. I know better. He's back with his family. He's The, the kid is, uh, he's like spotless now um, with a great trajectory mm. in his life. But she did what she had to do. And he and, and again, I think some moms will be like, I don't want to do it because I, I don't want to ruin the relationship that we have. I don't want to I don't want him to, to hate me. You know, all of these different things. It's not really even about that at this point. Couldn't you're saving that. that kid's life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So hate um, me now. Love me later. That's right. Because let's go. That's right. I'm yeah. trying to do what's right by you. Mm hmm. But some cats, man, you because you you grow taller than your mama, probably around 12, 13 years old. You know, a lot of us African-American boys are just, you know, we taller. Yeah. So we start you start looking down on your mama and mm-hmm. she's still trying to tell you what to do and poke you in your chest. Boy, you better make sure. And you're just looking at her going, ma, <laughs> mm-hmm. ma, some cats be getting out of control with it. Yeah. Don't want to listen no more. Yeah, that's t- that's so difficult. That's tough. That's a tough situation. And some moms don't know what to do. Yeah got to make a hard choice got to got to make a hard choice and i'm not even saying that what i just mentioned is the answer no i, I think, think that's are, a good one it's a good i think it's an option a good option would you call the the cops on your child yeah, yeah. do whatever you got to do yeah and and you know well People would argue, don't call the cops on a young black male, right? I get that. you don't know what's going on. Yeah, these days you don't know what's going on. I'm thinking back when I was coming up and I saw my brother wilding out a little bit. Yeah, my mom should have called the cops on on my brother. But, you know, um, those things, again, that we think we're we're doing, we're not going to. See, this is how we operate. We're not going to call the cops because we love you. But it's like you should call the cops because I love you. What you know a conundrum, I mean? right? It's very, it's a, it's a very interesting situation. But some may disagree with that, and that's fine. But um, I, I said what you just said. Listen, be hard now. You'll come around later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll come around, but I'm gonna do whatever I can to save you, to save your life. Yeah. It is so tough for a young African American male. You walk out the house in the morning. You go to the store. They're gonna follow you in that store, whether or not you're stealing. You may then go to school and you may be treated differently by your teachers or the administrators because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, your friends that you hang out with, you know, if you're too smart, they call you a nerd and you're a punk and all that. Yeah. Or if you don't know the curriculum, they go call you stupid or whatever. Yeah. And and dating is different. You can't date outside your race and they call you this and you, you're Uncle Tom and all of this stuff, you know. And then you try to get a job and they're going to base it on how you look and how you dress and how you talk and everything. I just go. That's it's why these young, hard. it's just so tough for young African-Americans right now. It's so tough. Then let's not even blend in what social media is doing to oh, them. That's another level of just, oh my goodness, it, it's it's tough all the way around. And going back to your point about school, the school system, if the kid is acting up and they label the kid a bad child or, which again, we all agree that we hate, we hate that term, but 
the the teachers are getting overwhelmed. I'm not going to say that they don't care. I think that they they teachers are expecting for the kids to come to school and just behave just because I said so. Um, but and if and if it if it doesn't pan out that way and that child is a little bit harder to deal with, then they get overwhelmed and they don't want to deal with it. So the kid ends up getting in multiple fights because no one's gonna no one's caring, right? Nobody's taking the time to really sit with that child, figure out what's going on. Eventually, they're going to kick him out. He goes to a continuation school. At the continuation school, you you around nothing but other people just like you. Everybody's the the class clown or the problem child or whatever. Um, then you don't want to do that. You're not learning anything. There, I'd rather be on the streets than be here at this continuation school. That's right. So you 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 leave and you um you drop out of school and I mean it's that whole cycle. It's we just need more people to care. We need better programs. We need better mentors. Um. That's just scratching the surface. But you know how young black teens are. Like, they don't care that you know or what you know until they know that you care. Yeah, for sure. And these teachers, they treat them like they're cattle and they treat them like they're animals all the time. That's why I said, you know, we talked about it before where uh, one of the things you have to do. I, I was taught a long time ago that as a speaker, when you go to a school for the very first time, these, these kids are just watching you on this stage. Mm-hmm. I've seen some horrible horrible situations where the 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 speaker will get up on stage and they just they're like i've done this i've done that and they think that they're impressing you they think that the kids are going to want to listen to you because of your accomplishments that's not why these kids are going to want to listen to you these kids want to know let me tell you where i failed yeah you know what let me tell you about the dirt on my name Mm -hmm. what what i did and how i overcame it and you too could overcome Mm -hmm. that situation how many people have had a, a brother or a sister in jail? How many people have come from a single family home and you start raising your hand and they raise their hand and you mm-hmm. like, look, you know, game recognized game. And then they, they, they trust you. They build a relationship with you. So going um, for the towards the teachers, they need to learn how to simplify things get on the level of the child and make them understand listen i didn't like school either Mm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying i didn't like math either i I get it i know why this is why you don't want to be here i know why you acting up and you'd rather do something else because you're not learning anything it's hard for you how could i make it better because i I feel you that was that was me too in school that's why i give love to charter schools and how we doing on time andy I tell you what, when we come forward, I'll, I'll tell you why I give love to charter schools, and the school districts probably don't want to hear it, but there are some positives that I've always resonated with. Like, you know what? That's great. If it is going to assist in young African Americans keeping their attention on the teacher and the curriculum, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. Also, I will finish out my seven series. We got through one, but I will give you the other six. On the other side, Danny Morrison Show, KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. From middays to nighttime. By George and Wheezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. Which album is that? Death Certificate? Lethal Injection! (laughs) You are absolutely right. Mm. Did you know that or did you look at the screen? Stop lying. You liar. Look at you. I thought you were the man. You don't know no samples either. I'm trying to get you put you up on game finally. Ooh. Uh oh. Oh, I thought you knew. Of course you don't. <laughs> what? Come on, stop. You don't know no. If it ain't Kanye, what? I heard you're playing Kanye on Zoe's show today. You, pl- that was, that was his you played Jesus Walks. I said, of course he played Kanye. 
You love so just admit that you love Kanye, and we can all move on. I think he's in all of our top ten. Yeah, he he is. Right? Is yeah. that fair to say? That's definitely fair. If you're a hip hop fan, he he's got to be in your top ten, doesn't no. he? Not my top five, my top five. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let's jump back into the seven series. So, seven questions we should be asking ourselves after another murder. Number one was, could I have done something or said something that could have helped them in changing their lifestyle? Number two, if they were receptive to what I tell them, do I have viable alternatives available that will help them to transition to a positive life? By the way, shout out to Nola Baby 60 just chimed in on our social. She said, tell Mr. Jerry from Beverly Hills, I believe the school he's talking about is now Laces Charter School. I used to live around the corner from there. It's a great school. Not easy to get into either. Mm. There it is. Here's number three. Were they committing crimes? You ready, uh, Andy? Let's get into it. Were they committing crimes that I was aware of and did absolutely nothing about it? Now, look, I've said this before, and I'll say it again on this microphone. Where is your son, huh? Where is your son? Someone listening right now has a son and or grandson that you already know was in trouble. Disappearing for weeks at a time hanging with the wrong crowd, perhaps in and out of jail. You have to find them. You have to talk to them. And you need to try to save them with whatever you got to do, no matter the cost. Do I need to play this again? I will. From the movie South Central, listen. Man, prison sure has made you stupid. Jimmy. Son. If you hit a man in his face, in time, his wounds will heal. And later on, you can apologize to that man. If you steal his goods, later on, you can return those goods, or you can repay him equal value. But if you kill, there is no later on. There's no way to repair it with that man. There's no way to make it right with him or his family. His life is gone forever. You never come back from that. Ray Ray, that boy you're holding is my son. My son. I told a man in prison that I would save my son's life, even if it took my life. I'm willing to die here today, Ray, for my boy, because I love him that much. Do you love him? All I want is to give him something that you or I never had. A father. You said out there, and you owed me. All I want is my boy. Are we willing to do that? If you see your son drifting, you might have a great kid. You know, maybe he's, you know, sitting up playing PS5 all day. You know, you know exactly where your boy is at all time, gets good grades in school. 
Well, you know what I'm talking about. You know the type of kid I'm talking about. He's gone all the time. Hanging around with a, a questionable element all the time. Mm-hmm. And you see him. I asked you earlier, like with your brother, did you see the his 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 patterns, his mood starts to s- switch? And you said you were too young to remember. Yeah, yeah. I was a little bit young, but uh, I guess maybe as an adult now, looking back on those times, I guess you can see mm-hmm. um, where... You know, but he, he also disclosed some things uh, when we were both older and just having conversations about his childhood, things that I would have never known about. So, um, yeah, I think you can, though. I think if you pay close enough attention, we can kind of see when a young man is starting to drift off mm-hmm. little little things. You know, it could, like you mentioned, is it, you know, the people that he's hanging around with, which is can, number one, by the way. Mm, oh, for sure. For <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, little things that we we pass off as um, um, j- it's just not a big deal. It's just, yeah. you know. He's just, you know, explore, exploring right now. You know, mm-hmm. he's trying to find himself. Yeah. yeah you're going to find him dead. Yeah. Find him dead or, um, you know, at the at the end of the day, you just want to save your child from, uh, from going down the wrong road because the wrong road is really a, a number of things. It could be dead on drugs. It could be just out here just wilding, doing some things, robbing people. It could be anything like that a number of things so um i think we need to pay more attention we need to pay closer attention to those little things that seem like little things but they accumulate mm. into who who that person is eventually going to be and so that's what the conversation you know. we were having about boosie i think we were having it yesterday Ugh. yeah i think uh some of that some of those parenting techniques are questionable yeah but there is a small piece of me mm-hmm. very small mm-hmm. that goes but at least he's there. Yeah. It's a small piece. <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> a really small piece. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. He's and there and involved. You're, you're, you're so right about that. And I think a lot of people would agree with his parenting style. Um, because, number one, a lot of people don't know. You only really teach from a place that you're aware of. Let's and a go. place of experience. You know, so that you, you have to... I, I always take a look at the other side. You know, I'm a Libra. And so I have my scale. I'm a Libra, y'all. You too? And see, this is why. Slash Scorpio. Look at him. Okay, but this is why I rock with Andy. But yeah, we're we're the scale, right? So we always try to balance things out, see the other side and all of that. And so that's why I talk the way that I do. And you're like, you're a good human. Because I'm like, I can see where that other person was, you know, um, coming from. So in Boosie's case, um, you have to look at his environment when he grew up. He might be doing, he might be A1. Like in his family, they might be like, you, you're you successful now. And, you know, you're you're around your kids. You're raising your kids and all of that. We, we you and I are going to look at it and be like, yo, what are you doing you with still your don't son? make it right now just because he was raised that way. That don't make it right. I'm not saying that it is. But you parent from a place of what you're familiar with and, what, and what's your experience. And so I think that's what he's passing off to his son. I don't agree with it. Just saying from his point of view, his vantage point. And then then everyone in his family, if you see his videos, they all turn up and they all are excited about the things that he does with his children. So they don't they they don't they don't they encourage the behavior. Yeah. So he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. It's strange. But again, it's, he's there. <laughs> he's there. Yeah. But is that always a positive? 
Mm. Huh? That's a if a, tough if a question. questionable cat that's involved in some shady practices in his personal life is picking up his son all the time and spending quality time with him, uh, we should be applauding? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, some would say he there. Some would say that. That's a difficult question, actually. If somebody it, is questionable, should they be? I don't know. That's a difficult question. Because I think that our bar is so low in the black community. We think just if a father is available, mm. he's a good father. Mm-hmm. Not true. Not what true. happens when they are together alone? What is he doing? What is he saying? Yeah. Is he saying the right things? Is he putting him in the right environment every single time they're together? Right. That's important. Yeah. That's that's deep. When we come forward, we will jump back into the seven series. Seven questions we should be asking ourselves after another another murder. It's the Danny Morrison Show on KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. By George and Weezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. Exceptionally common sense. You're listening to the Danny Morrison Show exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah, man, we're inside the seven series right now. Seven questions we should be asking ourselves after another murder. We are up to number four. Check it out. Was I on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter liking gang-affiliated pics and or showing love to images that glorify the lifestyle? Mm. I see us all the time, y'all. Come on. I see us. We cannot have it both ways. We can't perpetuate the activity and then act shocked when it results in violence. We can't. The same way we share violent fights among one another on social media for likes and comments and views. We do it all the time. Why are we helping the enemy destroy us? Why? Racist people in this country have handed us the ammunition, so to speak, to strategically, methodically, socially, and internally kill ourselves. By way of the internet and the gun. And we just take the bait and follow through as planned? Why? That's the fourth question we should be asking ourselves after another murder. You see that too? Yeah, and you know... I think, unfortunately, it's just more entertainment, you know? Shade Room be posting some stuff. Shade Room, but there are there are some sites dedicated, and I can't even lie to you. I see these sites, and I be laughing sometimes, yeah. or just, um, and they ratchet. Some of some of them are crazy. Some of them are fight fighting videos. Some of them are just outrageous. Yeah, you know? Some and, of them are gas station shootings. How many of those have you seen? station shootings uh, I mean I'm sure I've seen some and I'm never delighted to see it or I don't take any enjoyment in watching anybody get shot for obvious reasons right mm-hmm. um, but uh, a lot of them that are sort of just making fun of other people they're just they're entertainment you know what I'm saying so but a lot of that stuff is in the gang environment it's mm-hmm. in the you'll see that happening just like in the sh- in, you know street stuff right mm-hmm. Um so, like I said, it's entertainment. And I'm telling you that I've seen it and that I've laughed and I've, you know, clicked on it. I, I don't really like stuff like that. Yeah, I, mean, don't I don't know enter, if that makes You don't interact with it. I don't basically. enter. Yeah, I don't do any engagement with it. Yeah. Um, but I'll watch it, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, let's continue here. Uh, number five is a short one. Do I understand that jail is far better than a casket? <sighs> yeah. Period. Yep. You know? And that is the fifth question we should be asking ourselves after another murder here's number six is there someone that i know that is headed down the same path that i should interact with immediately in order to save their life think for a second real quick do you who is it 
is it a friend or a family? And we've had a few call the show, and I have a few in my DMs and inboxes, and we all know a few from our neighborhood that are a statistic just waiting to happen, right? What's our move? Do we stand pat and do nothing? And then play the shoulda woulda game with ourselves at their funeral? Something's got to give. That's the sixth question we should be asking ourselves after another murder. I've been to so many funerals of gang members or just people impacted by gun violence. Mm -hmm. I hear the same stories on those microphones. Mm -hmm. Every single time. I wish I would have done something. I don't know how many times I've heard that sentence. Yeah. I wish I would have done something. I'd like to think that the the KBLA listeners are really um, progressive and that we're all learning, you know, by, and that's why I love these conversations because we really are learning and um, being encouraged and inspired to do something. So hopefully these are the, the people that are going to do something about it and have these conversations with these young people and help them, you know, change their lives around. I agree. Once again, Robin comes in, just shines like, you know, like the sunshine <laughs> on us to tell us how positive everything's going to be. Because <laughs> it is. Everything is always going to be all right. She just floats in like an... <laughs> Danny Mo Show, KBLA, y'all stay right there. <laughs> there it is. Exactly. There. Nighttime is the right time for Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580.